You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Oh, am I supposed to do this now? Like, I'm so used to letting the fucking ladies go first around here. Hi, I'm Benny Goodman. Welcome to 2020. I'm here with, uh, I'm going to start with Siobhan Cronin. Hey. Oh, you see, again. Was it, I thought it sounded like you were going to actually introduce her. You just kind of said her name. I know. It went by way too fast for me to process. Uh, it's, that's, uh, it's a <laughs> lot safer that way, Siobhan. And we're also here with our dear friend, Corey Peza. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and and welcome back. This is the part two of our discussion with Adam Gilbert of Starset on 2020. This was a few days after I think we did the first one. So we'll, we'll probably, there's some references between the first one. So make sure you go back and watch that. Well, yeah. And, and the fact that Adam like totally loves us a whole lot more in this one. Like, I mean, he obviously already loves Javon, but like the first one. I'm amazed he wasn't scared off by he you. Was, like, he was sniffing at us. <laughs> like, like, what's the, and he's like, oh, you are one of those fucking weird people. That's just the way well, you listen, are. It takes everyone a little bit of time to warm up. And, you know, in 2020, we like to just, no, jump, just, right in, just jump right I'm into emotional. the deep end. I want everyone to love me. Yeah, well. Why are people so mean? They're like telling me to stop cutting people off and shit as if I'm not aware. Like, listen, <laughs> I have a problem. I have a problem. You're That's an what... acquired taste. You're an acquired taste. A long acquisition of acquired taste. I'm like Dave Mustaine <laughs> and Megadeth. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like, Or like Rush. You know, Rush is a great band, but why does Getty Lee sing? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy for this show <laughs> I can appreciate all the Dave Mustaine jokes Now that I've read his memoir It just all makes so much more sense I listen back to some of our older episodes uh, <laughs> And I'm like, alright, I get it now <laughs> like, I mean, like, honestly like Dave Mustaine could have had anyone else Like, He would have been so much better just producing a band Yelling at all of them, you know what I mean But like, instead he's like, you know what I'll just like, you know, write a bunch of weird things And just like, for, but I gotta give the guy credit He could sing and play guitar like a motherfucker That is true, that is true Yeah. But back to drummers yeah. <laughs> yeah, so back to the content of our actual episode. We've got our, our dear friend, my dear friend. we can always go down friend. a Mustaine hole. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so part two of Adam Gilbert, just more great stories. You know, honestly, I'm, at this point, my mind is blurring what we talked about in episode one and episode two, but just lots of great behind-the-scenes info on Star Set, on drumming. Just remember, on, he yeah. shoots yeah. cryo out his back and flies around and like stories that Dustin confabulates with the, who's the lead singer. I'm sure there's like 7 million girls going, Oh my God, Dustin. Um, yeah, but like Adam is the guy in that band and they have 2 billion according to Forbes. You keep saying that you keep saying 2 billion according to Forbes. You never specify 2 billion. What streams <laughs> you've done that. Streams. Like, yeah, but yeah, but you never do. Like I crossing that. the streams. No, I know. Cause I don't think <laughs> I ever remember the dollars? word. I'm, I'm, I'm always it? so stoned that I'm like, what is it actually? Like, it's, I this just, is why we rely on the drummers. This is why we have yes. so many drummers because they're the people that we got to rely on all the time to just keep it together. Keep the time. Keep the time, keep the beat. What, 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 what are there 2 million of? What are there 2 billion of Adam? It's fucking BPM, dude. Yes. Duh. <laughs> Two billion BPM. <laughs> Speaking of keeping the time, let's wrap this up. Oh my God. I <laughs> thought you said out. keep this tight. Yes. Yeah, so Adam Gilbert of Starset. Our, our discussion continues right now.
Do we do we have any sound from him? Oh no, no we sound. don't hear you. Are you on the connect make sure your audio? Guys. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my god. You're so good at that. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> we just got twenty twenty before right. the episode even what a, started. What a good intro. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Betty Goodman and I am here uh, on twenty twenty, a show about what happens to you when the rest of the world is going through a pandemic. And by the rest of the world, I mean everybody else in the outside world. Um, my name is Betty Goodman. This is uh, Corey Peza over Yo. wearing the uh, pro-France um, sweatshirt. Mercy for wearing it. Um, we have Siobhan Cronin. <laughs> and, um, and, and then, of course, Merci. of course, I'm so excited. We have, we have a, a real-life guest we have the wonderful, unbelievably incredible, knows his paradiddles like anybody's business, Mr. Adam Gilbert, Mr. Drumabuse.com, Mr. Adam Gilbert. Woo! Guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me on here. This is awesome. No, Good to have you back, say man. that last time. <laughs> <laughs> we now have Adam in two different locations because you were in Columbus and now you're in, are you in Charlotte now? Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is, we're going to get Adam's other side of his personality now that he's in a different geographic region. So the closer you are to Larry Johnson, the more, the, the more different Adam gets. Only Charlotte people should know that. Every single person that's from Charlotte, North Carolina should know who Larry Johnson is. Yeah, I'm not from Charlotte, so I actually don't know who that is either. So. I don't oh think my I God. know who that is. Do you, thank you, Siobhan, for not making me the only girl on this dais. Because I know who. What? No, I'm saying I don't think I know who that is. Oh, you don't? No one knows what you're talking about. Do you do you know who Larry Johnson is? I was like Magic, the basketball player. Larry? No, that's no. Not Larry Johnson. No, no, no. no the basketball player. He's a, bas- he's a basketball player. He is. From, yeah, he is a basketball oh. player. But like, from I guess maybe I'm so old. But like, if if you have like the basketball, what what's the team from Charlotte? <laughs> okay, wait. How can you be schooling us on sports, but is you don't the know the name of the team? I don't know. I don't follow. No one knows what you're talking about. All, all I know is that when I was a child, it was so big that everyone had a Charlotte Hornets because of Larry Johnson. Uh, am I but saying you can't, Larry okay. is? I know. What if it's actually not his name at all? What if you're like giving right, us a I'm totally different name? On my Facebook. On my Facebook. You know, my, my favorite Charlotte player is probably Muggsy Bogues, though. He doesn't play anymore, but mm. he was even in uh, Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Legend. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not crazy. Yeah, he totally hey, Siobhan, what are you? What are you cracking there? Nah. It's, it's basically, oh, you, see, uh, you have the good, you have white cloth. I've been just buying whatever Costco has, which, by the way, if you want to sponsor us, literally. <laughs> the Costco claw. No, it used to, they were having, they had Trulies, so I've been drinking Trulies, but then I went back and they don't have, I don't think they have Trulies now. They have these, which I've never seen before, but whoever you are, they're pretty delicious, so. We're in the market for sponsors. <laughs> yes, I dig. <laughs> uh, I, I say let's get press. Thank hey, you. No, Brought yes. to you by press. Siobhan, I mean, pomegranate remember, ginger is the flavor. I think it's pretty tasty. Siobhan, remember we would always do the cider tours and try to find all the different ciders. And, and Oh, yeah. We should just do a, a hard seltzer tour. We should. We should. Yeah, we all love that stuff, apparently. But hold on, Go Siobhan, ahead. because you're so good at this and you know Adam way better than us. Um, let's let's preface Adam. Uh, we, he, if people didn't watch the other episode, which makes them first off assholes. I don't even know what you're gonna uh, say. But but like, but <laughs> can, can we explain say. why Adam's so awesome? Because uh, first off, can we say how amazing it is? So Adam plays in, in Star Set, but that band Star Set just hit two billion. That's right, yeah. two billion with a B. Great. Uh, fucking streams. How ridiculous is that, ladies and gentlemen? Adam, what, what, when you read that, what went through your head? I mean, it's it's pretty surreal that that you know 
Forbes is just writing about us. I, I don't even, you know, I don't. I get, couldn't believe just, that like music was even on Forbes radar. Like unless yeah. you're like top like well, pop star. Billion or whatever. was in the sentence. So it, once you say billion something, Forbes is like, what are they talking about? As billion far, killer yeah. bees. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I can remember, uh, I mean, for five plus years, easily if not longer, Starset's been averaging a million plays on Pandora a week. Uh-huh. That's crazy. And, and yeah, and here we are still living in a van for three years at the beginning, and we're already averaging a million plays a week. Yeah, rock and roll, you know, it's just the crazy thing. We were just another. we were just talking to uh, David Abraziz. Wait, did I say his name right? Yes, it's yeah. David okay. Abraziz. No, but he was saying like they were they had just hit like like some massive milestone in selling records. Meanwhile, they were paying themselves four hundred dollars a <coughs> yeah, week. And yeah, I was, yeah, so that was a joke. It's like you think we made money? It was four hundred oh, a month. month. Yeah. They had oh, sold a month. million records. They had sold a million records. I think it was in the first week, and they didn't even have a record contract until the third record. They only had a handshake deal by the time they had Versus, which was the biggest selling record at the time, and they were only paying themselves 400 a week when they were playing a, a, month. A, a, month, a month. A month, okay, that's even <laughs> more dramatic, I, I, yeah. 100 a week, I that's, that's crazy. I mean, we're definitely fortunate to have the situation we do, uh, not to get into anything specific, but like- it, Do you guys call Dustin and ask for a raise as soon as you saw that, where you're like, <laughs> we're in Forbes now. No. Like, you know what, you should probably put another, or did he let you know that you guys aren't as valuable and then he could just change you out for the other I, guy. Be honest, nine inch nails. Watch what you say. I, he might not come on the podcast. Yeah. Well, you oh. don't send him these ones I'm yet. Kidding. I'm kidding. You're going to say, Adam, you're going to say something. Continue. I'm sorry, Adam. Go I, ahead. I was just going to follow up and just say, Dustin definitely will come on here, but I doubt Dustin is even like, he probably owes for them to print that page, you know, to say mm-hmm. that somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the business is definitely very upside down in a lot of ways. And yeah. I guess I would say I'm kind of. Fortunate not to have had to learn it fully, but also when I do learn certain things, it kind of helps me put things into perspective. You know, they always say mm-hmm. if you just show up and things are happening, you just get on the stage. You're not like drum tech or blah blah blah, but I mean, shows being booked, the buses are already there, the et cetera, tickets are already being sold. I used to have to sling 200 tickets just to be able to play a show at the Al Rosa Villa. You know, it's like. Okay. Bag. Hold on, I just want I just want to say that you've been saying that because that's, that's like, uh, but our yeah. buddy John. Um, who plays in Anthrax was in Shadows Fall. I was touring um, with Dimebag the night that happened. You, you keep saying that that venue, and all I can think of is is Hail Dimebag. Yeah, my buddy Brian was the sound guy in, that night, and uh, from oh, what man. I remember watching VH1 Rock Wives, uh, they had Rita, which if you're Rita, yeah, you, know, first, Rita, yeah. you saw the you know okay, so if you saw the first podcast, I was talking about that first tour I did of Uproar with Alice in Chains and Jane's Addiction. They actually had, oh, thank you. My bartenders served me out. Hi, Allie. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had Rita out on tour with us. So we, we always got the, uh, the really friendly treatment from them. But um, it was just such a surreal connection to hear something of uh, VH1 when they're talking about Rita getting a call from Vinny using some guy's phone in the kitchen while he was clutching a butcher's knife because his brother just got off on the stage and that some guy was my buddy's phone and that Al Rosa, I mean, it's for sale now. Their promoter just passed away. You know, people are getting older. It just definitely just had a stigma after everything went down there. And that's just like my hometown, you know, and uh, I'll always cherish those memories. I was about four years after all that went down about 08. I started playing there. Um, but still, they had the door up there, you know, the RIP dime door, and they had such, so much love still in the atmosphere, but such a weird, 
Well, one of the weird things was um, at the poster somewhere on my wall over there. But again, it was a Shadows Fall damage plan mm -hmm. double damage tour. Plan show, yeah. And I actually, um, it was maybe like 10 or 12 days before Dime passed. They, they played the Palladium in Worcester. And Vinny had sent uh, myself, my friend Holly, and my friend Charlie um, free tickets because it was, um, it was uh, Holly's birthday. And um, we went and hung out with them. And I remember we came on the bus and Dime's like, oh, I'll come back and hang out with you guys later. And he never came back out. And I was sitting there drinking seven and sevens with Bob Zilla, who was their bass player, and Vinny, and just pounding him back. And it was the last time, um, you know, I, 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 I was like maybe seven feet away. And then it was a few days later, I got the call and we just, we couldn't, we just couldn't believe it. I mean, so I'm a little bit older than you, but like I, I literally, I was there. I was at the, the Palladium, the last show that he played in Boston. 15 feet away when he was doing his guitar solo. And when we got that call, I remember I, the first thing I did was get up and puke when my girlfriend told me that. I, I couldn't even believe that. And we we had we all had Vinny's cell phone and all that, and uh, no nobody was answering anything. So it took us like, you know, four or five days because the internet was so crazy. But you didn't have the instant information. It was so crazy back then. We didn't know if everyone was dead. We heard that people had died. We didn't know who was alive in the band. We, we At one point, we thought Vinny was dead. So like it was, it was fucking a crazy time. So it's just, it's, it's insane to hear that. Um, you know, obviously we'll have to delve into that with some of the people that were there that night, but um, rip to dime. And you know, one of the things we say, we always try to do with our, our sponsor, lostsymphony.com is hey, um, my Lost Symphony stuff? we want to elevate our dear friend, Ollie Herbert, who's also got lost in this tragic um, rock and roll world um, too soon. Uh, so that he could sit in Valhalla next to our good friend Dimebag, who we lost in Ohio in 2004. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Dimebag Daryl, um, if you haven't Googled him yet, was a guitar player in a band called Pantera. And there was a crazy fan that shot him and other people. And it's also, it changed the face of the music industry. Um, First off, how close I think a lot of bands felt that they were okay with like hanging with fans. Like I know, you know, Zach Wilde um, with the guitar player from Black Label Society and Ozzy who was good friends with, with um, Dimebag was nor known to go out and like hang out with people and drink and all that sort of stuff. And he kind of like got back in. And a, a, a lot of people that were on the road at the time like freaked out because they thought to themselves, how could this ever happen? Because this was one of the greatest tragedies um, and I, greatest tragedy is almost an oxymoron, but it was one of the most significant uh, moments in rock and roll history um, in our lifetime. And it happened down the street from you. Absolutely crazy. I mean, dude, I remember parking lots, just throwing footballs on accident on top of the building and having to get someone to go up and get it. And then, you know, a couple cases of beer later is just, it's like, you know, it's like all the memories growing up there. I still have a lot of positive stuff uh, that I, I learned and cherish and a lot of friends I made from that that I still know. But, you know, it's, I just remember where I come from as I move forward. And it's it's kind of surreal now that, you know, Starsa pretty much only plays venues like Express Live and House of Blues. And I remember, it seems like yesterday, but three or four years ago, we were talking, if we could only get on tour with a band like Breaking Benjamin, who, you know, Dustin is obviously, Ben and all those guys are awesome, but Ben just reformed and had promised Dustin, hey, I'll take you guys out on tour. So, you know, you, you got to kind of cherish the moments you have when you have them because you never know. And the bigger you get, you know, we have a lot of people who love us a lot and we cherish friends and we want to make people feel welcome and stuff. But uh, 
we just don't want people to ever feel like there's not a way to talk about their feelings and emotions. And we're definitely an open band where we say we're nerds, but also we're, we are huge. We have huge hearts and we're very kind, um, kind souls, but you know, come and talk to us. If you ever have anything that you want to talk about. And if you ever even want to talk about things like dime and history and, you know, we, we want to remember history in the right way. And we, we want to make sure that people can learn from it. So it doesn't happen again. Definitely. And I think that that attitude and the, the connection you guys have with your fans uh, is just one of the reasons that you guys are on the cover of Forbes, you know, <laughs> and getting those things. Because how, how does a band step out from that level and get to that point? Uh, and it's because you guys have that insanely dedicated fan base. Can we ask that, Dustin, by the way, does 2 billion streams equal like $6? Is that like a whole, is that like a whole 12 rack? It's got to be at least 650. I don't know. Is, is it a whole 12 rack? Maybe <laughs> 24 if you get like you know, Milwaukee's best. <laughs> you know, there are like so many levels. Sorry, I lost internet for a second, by the way. But yeah, there's so many levels of like people that take their slice off the top that I didn't even know about. And I still don't even know about, but it's, I mean, it's incredible, like how little at the end, I think actually does end up in the hands of the artists, you know, yeah, the, so the I, bus- I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's way less than what people think. Yeah, the business side of, of this industry is, is like the shadowy figure that most people don't think about. But, uh, you know, yeah. it's 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 pretty intense. And then you see, I mean, how many people are involved in everything from the touring to the, you know, the label to the management. And it's yeah. just like everyone's just like, give me. you got to keep you got to create that demand all the time and when we start when we started out in this band it was just heck yeah we'll do whatever it takes oh we got a cool Mm -hmm. van to sleep in we can at least go to like planet (laughs) fitness sure i mean that was our life i i the first tour after we were gone for four months straight i went home it was in july of 14 TMI, but I went home and I drove straight <laughs> over to Walmart because I didn't know where else to go to take crap. You know, it's like you get, you get so used to being like fending for yourself, even though you, it's not as hard as people think. It's not like you're eating hand sandwiches, the Metallica, where you have to find a buddy because you literally are on fumes for gas, whatever. Yeah. We're very fortunate, like I said, to have the situation and and way it's operating is amazing. But, you know, some bands can quickly, if they don't have good songs, they don't have good hearts, they don't have good you know, momentum and a good vibe and a good chemistry, uh, you can quickly become that band that's only touring to pay your bus driver and your drum tech. And, and then right. you can maybe make royalties, but what's, you know, sometimes it's beat a dead horse. We don't, we want to always be giving something to the stage and we, we always evolve it. And now we're two different space or two different futuristic suits, but we still have the space suit. So we're actually so like, do you, think, so do you think that Dustin sits in a room and like watches old kiss videos and just laughs at interviews of like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley no, and goes, I can do that except make way more money. Make them <laughs> buy the third tour. Like every tour you guys should have a different spacesuit. And then when like the album is like 20 years old, you can go back and wear the same spacesuit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like everyone will show up wearing those spacesuits because I've seen something at the Star Set shows. I, yeah. I will tell you, there's one thing that Corey and I noticed. They fucking love you. I mean, like, love you in the same way that, like, people loved Waco. People like Jim Jones. They drank the Kool-Aid, dude. Like, they're like, yeah, <laughs> we'll go into outer space. We don't care about gravity or air. As long as we can follow that dude with the cool fucking hair, those space people, we're going. Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's it. a lot of super fans, and that, that's, that's what That's uh, everyone I think. that watches you, except you're, for yeah. Anne-Marie. She's hey, like a super, super fan. Nothing, you're nothing without fans, man. You're, you're, you're everything with, with haters. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
you uh, you mentioned some bands that had to sometimes tour just to pay the bus driver and, and things like that. And that's something that I don't, I don't think gets enough attention right now as far as the industry goes is all those people, you know, it's not just the bands, it's the, the stage crew, the lighting designers, the you know venue staff. There's a lot of people right now that are tangently related to so, all these artists cool. that like, what the hell do you do? Like I, musicians kind of get the, a lot, a lot more sympathy right now. I think not just just because it's very obvious that your favorite band isn't on stage and mm-hmm. and doing things, and it's like, well, yeah, it's it's tough. But then there's all these people that are that are part of that that are also going through the same thing. I think that uh, I, I hope that there's some way of of taking care of them other than the uh, our, you know our, our handouts our, our PUA. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good point. If you're yeah, if you're like a lighting designer, or you do live mixing. I mean unless that's transferable to some recording technology, which we're lighting it. I mean, unless you're doing yeah, course, videos, I don't know. I don't know what you would do. I was just talking to Jason Costa from All That Remains, the drummer, and he's coming on um, shortly. And he was like, dude, I got home. And then like, I got this check for like thousands of dollars for not touring. He was like, it was fucking great. Uh, I, I'm like, right, you so no, no sympathy for Jason then. No sympathy. <laughs> he was like, he was like surprised. He's like, I, I, wow like this is what a weird world this is in but like i can make money to like not tour <laughs> like dude come on dangerous yeah well oh, i still yeah. haven't gotten through to the michigan unemployment office so i'm making zero money right you're now not a real person i don't know they yeah they still that i think they've just like blocked my phone number at this Maybe point because i just you're a french import since you weird stuff in other languages i mean probably knowing my mom she probably messed something up she like gave me a british passport instead of a u.s one i don't know you're probably no. born in like Zanzibar. She didn't fucking tell you. <laughs> Maybe I was adopted. You're, there are a lot of things that could be up in the air at this point. Her, <laughs> you know how she brings Pino onto the planes? Uh, like she probably brought you as her spirit animal from another country. And nobody, she basically admitted that Pino is the new me. Like she, when she had kids to like cart around in little like things. Pino is a dog, by the way, everybody. Pino is a dog. <laughs> Pino is like her new ticket to the front of the line. She will openly admit this. You know, oh, your mom has no no fear, dude. When I first met Pino, he was in his little carrier, you know, and his mm-hmm. head always popped out of it on the side. And I imagine this little tiny, maybe like six to eight inch long dog. And this <laughs> thing looked like the never ending story dog coming out. <laughs> long little body. And he's like, just all over the bus. And once he becomes friends with you, he's the best little dog. And, <laughs> and then Jacques, of course, is a yeah. Pretty, you know, so. Yeah. Jack and Pino. And of course, you know, we all love Pinot Noir. So cheers. Yep. I don't, cheers. Have, I don't have any wine. So I had to do a, what is this, Ali? A lemon martini? Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, classy. Pinky out. Oh, she didn't sugar rim it for me though. What the <laughs> heck? Why would you ever give me an? No, thank you. This is. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers to you, man. So what, can I ask you guys what's up next for Lost Symphony? What are you guys doing with, uh, you have any more material you're trying to put down? Any more videos you're trying to make or? Yeah, so we just finished production uh, and mixing and mastering on chapter two. Uh, so we're just getting the ball rolling there. We got lots of material to put together to promote that, um, which will be coming out shortly. Which, by the way, for those that don't know, chapter two features some of the last work of our good friend, Ollie Herbert. We have Jason Costa on it, who's an incredible fucking drummer. We have David Abraziz from Pearl Jam and Guns N' Roses plays on this. Rusty Cooley, who's arguably one of the fastest guitar players in existence, <laughs> Joey Concepcion. We got John Denae from Anthrax and Shadows Fall, who was there. The, the night Dime was taken from us. He was fucking there. So I, I, I'm telling you, we got to get him on here to ask him about that. I'm sure he's totally like PTSD. 
Um, but we have so many incredible people on chapter two. It's being announced, actually including um, uh, a song, which was aptly titled The World Is Over, featuring Jeff Loomis and Marty Friedman on the same song as Kelly and Siobhan. And they all kind of have at it. And if you like guitar and shred virtuoso music, um, where some things, you know, are a little bit more tasteful, you know, like that's more of like the, like, we just want to go to the titty bar and get as much titty as possible. Like there's no, there's no, there's no plot to this movie. That's, that's where you come in for like the, the garden of earthly delights and the world is over. Um, in the sense, we love the songs and they're very well written in my opinion, because I wrote them. Obviously I think they're great, but where um, <laughs> Lost Symphony is evolving this is where we turn it up to 11, like, and, you know, like Spinal like Tap spinal style. Tap, yeah. You know, where they say, yes. you know, what's one more? Well, Rusty Cooley is Rusty one more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Marty Friedman and Jeff Loomis both going at it at the same time. Marty like, Friedman alone is already 11. I literally yeah. remember actually messaging um, Siobhan <laughs> and saying, um, is this too much um, for the first time? Because I really almost never say something's too much. If you know me, uh, but I asked her, "Was this too much?" And, and you know what? She was a good friend, and she said no. I don't know if she agrees for real, but that's where we're I at. Think Adam. Everything is too much, but that's that's part of the aesthetic. Is that it's just it's it's always a little too much, and it's great. I would definitely yeah. let me know. Uh, now, are you guys going to be creating any new material like from the ground up? We're in the process of finishing a last tune um, with Marty Friedman, and I don't want to jinx jinx it by saying. That it features my favorite man crush in the world that I, I secretly love that I'm just praying doesn't doesn't you know leave me like everyone <laughs> does. Um, but we're working on one more song that's going to feature some incredible incredible players for our third chapter, which comes after the one that we're just announcing, which is going to be a tribute to our friend Ollie, who brought Siobhan um, to me and me to Siobhan and and, and and really helped create what is now Lost Symphony. So we'll have to see if there's a chapter four. Yeah. I have a feeling it can't end with chapter three. It could be chapter there's 11. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as long as you get there, that's all that matters. Yeah. I know, all I know is after, after chapter three, I'm going to need like a three month nap and then we can talk. We, about uh, yeah. We need to send next. Corey to some sort of like <laughs> retreat far, far Adam, away. Our, our thing is, is like keep you on as a permanent character on the show and that we sell records by making them think we're cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, so you're actually helping us sell Lost Symphony records right now because people don't buy records just because. But if they go online and they watch this and they're like, oh, well, that girl's pretty and he talks a lot, but he's funny. And well, that guest was interesting. Then like we actually might get like three more streams because of this, which is not two billion streams, but it's at least yeah. like three and a half more cents in Corey's pocket. <laughs> That's generous. It's been a consistent like fun and exciting process getting these songs together and out, but it's a nonstop system so whereas a lot of bands do the record then the tour we're just the record then the record right. then the record and, and throughout that entire time we're writing and recording mixing mastering it's 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 all been like this blur and and we're doing that's on top of doing all of our own media like Corey's having us interview ourselves and do playthroughs yeah. and all that yeah, we, so don't like, have, we don't have crews to do that so yeah, we do it people ourselves. think it's glorious it's like i'm sitting there doing selfies of myself and oh, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I finally do a good playthrough, like I think is accurate, and then I'm like, wow, none of that's in focus. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good life. And then, and then, like I have, I don't even know, like I have a, a, a three point light kit, and it's just like a bag, a shadow here, and then like the underneath my my chin is super bright, and then nothing. It's, my hands are just black. 
So it's like, hard yeah, to it's, do that stuff by yourself. Like even when I do violin stuff, it's like if, if Brock or like anybody isn't here, like I'll record stuff and then look at it and my, like my head is cut off, yeah. you know? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that was a waste that's of energy. That's you have a guy taking video. Have you ever realized that? He'll always cut your head off. I mean, <laughs> I think Brock's pretty good at, at that. So I would definitely say it's probably just a. No, no, he's good if he's around, but if he's gone and I'm trying to do it myself, then it's a nightmare. <laughs> Let me it's ask so you this. Well, can I ask an important question? Is Brock better at taking a selfie than you are? No. Probably, but he doesn't take, no. well, I don't know. No. I he feel like he would never take a selfie, but then if he did, it would be yeah. Ninja because he's Brock. <laughs> But see, Brock has his own style of selfies where he has to make some weird face, you know, like guys, guy selfies, you can't really compare to girl selfies. Because girl <laughs> selfies are always from pretty. like, right. And, and if a guy's looking serious, that's re- that's when you know he's a predator. If a guy's like, <laughs> you're like, pass that guy. He's way too serious about this. You've got to be like Brock where you know he's a good hearted right. person because he's making the goofy face. You know, like if, if if they're serious about it, like they're they're gonna ask you about the lotion and put you in a fucking hole with a dog <laughs> named Pino. Don't joke about that, man. I don't know why I keep joking about that. It's a, I will say there's one. Thing I was like, like, that's my whole game, bro. Fucking stop blowing me up. Hey, there's one thing about being on tour, especially post show signings, which uh, at the end of our shows, typically it's just the four, the space guys and Dustin. Mm-hmm. So just and and mainly it's because the venue usually wants us to get the hell out. And obviously we want to give as much as we can. So if you buy a CD, you get to do a meet and greet. If you buy a mask or a telescope, you get to do a meet and greet and a photo. And then you get those choice few who, you know, maybe they had a couple Michelob ultras and or white claws and now there's no laws. And they're like, what's that? What's the really delicious thing you're drinking? Right. Oh, oh no, that's he's got, got something oh, no, else no, now. But what, no, but what do you have? Show, show the show the crowd. What do we have? What are we sponsored? Wait, are you talking by? about me or Adam? Yeah, you, you. Oh me. What well, could they be drinking? This is the white claw alternative. They could have been drinking press. Fuck the white claw because you want to know what? None of what he's about to say would have happened if they've been drinking the delicious drink press. Go on, All Adam. Right, so sorry. if you want to sponsor us, okay, so, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> so we need a sponsor, and we will let you into the VIP. Just a plus one. Uh, so people come in and they, you know, they pay, they pay a lot of money sometimes. Uh, and then they want to do a selfie and then they sit there or they want their friend to take a picture. And now this one selfie or this one picture ends up taking a five minute. And it's something happened. The phone dies or can you send it to me, Dustin? Or can, and then it's just like, Hey, yeah. they have your number yeah, now and they're boom, fucking texting selfie, you. Boom. Thank you guys. See it. Yeah. Going to get a shower and to have a Michelob Ultra. Bye. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> so you can, you become as good as you can at selfies only for the sheer, you have 30 people in line and you got to make yeah. sure you get one that's good. And we want to hang out with everyone. But I mean, there is a point like after the show, that's already, that's already us setting everything up, then sound checking, then doing the meet and greet, which means a pizza party and then a lot of Coca-Cola and then playing three or four to five songs. And then, waiting around a little bit to go and play another show, which is an hour and a half. See, the funny part is is that Sebastian Maniscalco calls it a, a, a lonely instead of a selfie because you're so lonely. You have to take a picture of yourself. And see, the thing is, with, with you, you have to get good at it because you're with people and you're just like, get the fuck on, move on. <laughs> Corey and I are literally just like, should we document that we did something artistic today? Probably. Yes, oh my gosh. Nobody's uh, right. Four years later on Facebook, it's like a picture of me. Have you ever seen have you ever seen me take a selfie? No. That's I don't the think, point. I don't that's think it's happening. No, but it's, yeah. it's hard because I'm like I'm, nobody even looks at our pictures. We don't have to shove people on. In fact, we would invite a, a photographer to come and sit with us. They'd probably get bored. Like, do you, do you want some snacks? And they're like, We got places to be. The only time I post something is when someone happens to catch me in a picture sometimes <laughs> in the background. <laughs> like, oh, I was I was behind someone that was taking a selfie, so there's mine. You no, know, it's funny, funny, my mom. Oh, by the way, 
he's not on the show, but happy birthday to Brock. Uh, oh, yet. thanks. I'll yeah. tell him. He almost is almost 30. To Brock. Uh, he's, yeah, he said he said yeah. 24 is doing well by him. Does that mean he's 30? How old is he? Is he's, he just the, he's, he's eternally 24 by his book. But, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I, yeah, my mom, I'll let him tell you how old he is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't say numbers. I'm just the youngest. Um, so <laughs> my mom sent me this picture the other day and it's Brock. But it's, she took a screenshot, and I'm in the background of Brock's picture. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that, looks like, like a, that looks like it's I'm a like, portrait. That looks like it, like it was like painted of you. It's like perfect Brock. Ha ha ha! It's so it's so cute. Oh, what is that? <laughs> so actually, this show is kind of funny. This show was back in December in Kentucky at the Thompson House on December 27th, and I vividly remember because mm. I just got down to Florida the day before and had to fly out for three days to go to the show, which it ended up being a really awesome show, so I'm, I'm stoked how it turned out. But um, my mom was like, oh, well, it looks like you were working really hard. I'm like, yeah, that was literally right after the show. I mean, I had just thrown my clothes on to go do the VIP, just get mm -hmm. back into the room. We don't really have a break anywhere in between at all. Yeah. And you know, at some point you just get into that, that vibe where you can just, you just do it cause you know, it's going to happen and who cares about how your hair or your beard looks. But luckily I just look good still. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, Pretty one thing we can talk more about, not to change the subject, but we didn't really get into drum abuse a lot last time. So for anyone that watched the last episode or maybe didn't watch the last episode. Yes. <laughs> so Adam started not really just a line, but more like a community called drum abuse. So maybe you can give the, I have the listeners your stickers, by the way, on, on my desk. Yeah, I have a sticker on my drum. violin case, but uh, no, but I love it because it's really, it's, it's got like a, it's got a purpose, you know, cause a lot of people, of course there are plenty of artists that will go out and start a product line, but there isn't necessarily something behind it. And I think this is really unique, you know, because it's, you've got a purpose behind the, the brand. I appreciate that. Drum abuse has always been something to give, uh, just someone a way to have a place to open their mind for a little bit. So you could be having a great day and then someone cuts you off and this, you know, your road that you drive to every day to and from work and you're just cruising, listening to your song. And eventually that becomes, you know, your road. And if someone cuts you off and just all of a sudden that ruins your whole day and you can't stop your whole vibes ruined. You can't stop worrying about this guy or girl or whoever it was that pulled out in front of you. And maybe they were rushing somewhere that they had to get to very important and they had an emergency. You know, you always kind of, got to center yourself and drum abuse. It's not about the products. I was just fortunate enough to realize that I could fit into a niche because of, I love socks. So, Hey, you want to buy some cool socks? They're not really going to be Walmart <laughs> prices because I can't buy a billion pair, but you know, you can match my drum set or you can get my painting on a sock. And then the whole reality of the website when I bought it was truly, I just wanted a gallery. I wanted drum abuse to be a safe place for people to go just to have a different mindset. And if you can look at the paintings and change your mind, then hopefully that, that same feeling carries on later on when you can find something else to help you change your mind just for a little bit, just to see the situation in a new way, because it's very hard, especially if you get into a routine and, and you know, whether you're just going to the nine to five or you're on the road in Europe, like we always do, it's, you can still get into that routine. And sometimes, you know, we all get, get fed up, whether you're out there or here, wherever you're at. So I always try to maintain that balance of, Hey, I can look at my feet and I have some silly socks on. I don't take myself so seriously. I can dial myself back. I really try to make a, uh, an effort of just waving to everyone I can. And a lot of people think it's weird. Like, who's this guy waving, you know, and you're just like, Hey, what's up? And eventually you just get through to him, you know, Hey dude, what's just, I'm just saying, Hey man, we're, we're, I know we're strangers, but this is the point of, of what we're doing. We're in passing, but there's a reason we're in the same energy at the same time and in place. So embrace it a little bit. And 
Um, I am proud to say I have merchandise now in, in eight different countries and 38 states. Going on oh, pretty soon. Awesome. Well, and it's worth telling everyone you are, you're an artist also. You paint. Yeah. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know that, yeah, he does a lot of splatter paint, like really cool different yeah, I'm sizes. Gonna be, I'm going to be getting into a lot more refurbishing drums. Uh, I've been doing a couple buddies' drums here and there from just chrome old 1973 Slingerland snare drum, Gene Krupa snare drum, uh, trying to figure out like weird broken snare throws or just getting, you know, a $20 snare from an old music shop and putting a drum abuse sticker on it or something just to change it a little bit, give it some flair, make the drum reusable again. And, and that's the idea. Like I said last time, drum abuse is about drumming up an idea and taking your creativity, the ideas and just, you know, abuse it, just change it just because you can, because no one is telling you in that moment that you can't do that. Uh, you know, don't worry about cleaning up your paints. Don't worry about, you know, if you're going to be a great chef, don't worry about cleaning up your dishes, go and make that mess and learn. Cause you know, the better you get, the less mess you make because you're dialed in. You have more of a focus. Every time I make a mess, my girlfriend fucking yells at me that I leave the kitchen like a disaster and then I, I sleep on the couch. And it's like, why don't... I imagine that's annoying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's a vicious cycle <laughs> of life. Too, it's like, because you know what? Because I really... I watch Gordon Ramsay and, and you know what he says too? He says, clean up your fucking station. <laughs> and, and I think to myself, so do I listen to Adam Gilbert and just, you know, cook without thinking about it and leave all of my stuff around and just make the most delicious meal and then abandon my kitchen for not. I don't, I, think, I, I, don't, I don't think the message is to ultimately abandon cleaning up. The point is don't <laughs> let that preoccupy you and stop you from doing the thing. No, we were talking about that earlier, you know, that it's important to like, especially- I'm so glad that you were actually able to reverbalize that because one of the things that's important about learning is not only listening to what he says, but then resynthesizing what he said in a very valuable way that in was your own so, words. That was so politically spun. You're like resynthesizing is a way of spinning <laughs> what someone else is saying and making it mean what you want them to, to mean. <laughs> oh my God. Neurolinguistic programming, everybody. Oh my gosh. You know, so I took a class back at Ohio State where I went, OH. I know, dang it. <laughs> Sorry, even though it. I kind of live here, I, yeah. There's gonna be some people Still from Ohio like, oh no. So yeah. I, would, I went to Ohio State and I took this art class my freshman or maybe sophomore year. It was just an intro art class because I had already been getting into more abstract stuff, but I'm, I'm not really good at drawing faces or drawing a peach next to a bottle on a table with a, a candlestick. And <laughs> I figured, oh, I might as well get the TEC out of the way while I'm waiting to not get into the School of Music, you know, because they messed that up for me too. So I do this first art project and the rules are black ink on your giant white piece of paper. You know, you get this big past, or uh, you can put pastel ink, whatever. But you get this big pad of paper, they say only ink. Well, I decide to use pink acrylic glue and red ragu sauce as well. I know <laughs> I just found, I found, my buddy was writing songs, I was in his basement, then I went to his kitchen, I just happened to find these materials. So I splatter this pink glue, I put this ragu sauce, I have this black ink, and the next day in class, they're all hanging across this giant, massive, you know, it's like 50 foot green chalkboard and mine's right in the middle. I put it there on purpose because I knew that I was not going to get a good grade, but I'm like, you know, this is an art class. How can they really grade me on something like this? And everyone kind of giggled and they got to me because it was evident. I just didn't follow the rules. And the teacher's name was Nicole. I'll never forget it. Cause she always was so critical on me, but she also was like, I do like it, but I can't give you a good grade. So you're going to get a C you're getting the 79.9. Like, all right, whatever, Nicole, it's fine. 
Well, the next quarter, I rolled all my paintings up and threw them under my bed. I get a call, and I swear, I, I should try to document this, but I get a call from the Museum of Arts is doing a, a, an exhibit, and they want me to put that piece in the exhibit for the student art section. I'm like, C's get degrees, you know? You yeah. have to try. And, and that was so funny to me that they wanted it. They had it for three or four months. I took it back, and now I, I can't find it anymore. So. Can I ask you something at being an artist? Because I almost went into art, you know, because I'm obviously so talented, like, you know, like Siobhan, where if you talk to me, you can find out the other 75 things I'm awesome at. Your heart. Um, but yeah. so listen, I always thought that people like Jackson Pollock and for our listeners, um, Jack the Dripper um, was basically someone who was too lazy to learn how to paint and basically just fucking took like ketchup and shit and just went like crazy. Um, but then when I went to an art school and I said that to them, they said, you don't know art. So let me explain this to me. So where I can see, you know, um, obviously I understand why Monet um, was unbelievable and Renoir was unbelievable but why is why is just a bunch of ma crazy random shit on a piece of paper art so jackson pollock actually used to be a very 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 out of the box thinker but he also went through major bouts of depression and was and he was an alcoholic and he would go through two to three years of alcoholism and he wouldn't paint at all because the alcoholism was mainly driven by the fact that he ended a one, two, maybe three year stint of super, you know, super creation of one style or one train of thought. He started out very simple with a, you know, yellow on one side and red here. And that was it on a, on a piece of canvas that he just cut out and he always painted on his floors. So he would, he was very emotional about his paintings. All of his paintings are, are basically untouched for the most part. Uh, especially later on in his life when he did his big 35 foot wide paintings, you know, 20 by eight big giant paintings. Uh, most of them, he would say he would tend to his artwork because he never put a brush on the painting. He never painted like Monet with his fine tooth, you know, comb, getting maybe a, a pastel brush or some kind of metal knife. He had slinging, you know, buckets of paint with giant uh, broom bristles and just, tending to his art and, and it was all about emotion and there are multiple accounts of his friends and sometimes not even his friends just people who are like you gotta come experience this guy he's got this barn in the middle of i can't remember where it's at now but uh um the middle of this field basically he had this barn where he would create and they would come in and he's just already past the two year mark so he's kind of already a little drunk and he's just spilling paint everywhere and he'll drop beer bottles and break them and cut his feet. And so there's actually glass and blood and footprints in some of his artwork from him walking on his paintings because they were 35 feet wide. Like that to me is the most true. How much more can you get into your painting? You can, so is that you like saying, instead, instead, fun, instead of learning, stuff. instead of learning how to like paint properly, like in the school, uh, well, like the you know, romantic painters, whatever, you know, no, hold on, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm about to get that. So instead of being, you know, like uh, Leonardo da Vinci or, 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 or all these uh, painting, uh, you know, Saravaggio who, who cr helped create um, three di uh, dimensional figures and like really created a whole style. Um, Jackson Pollock is kind of like the 2020 of his day where he said, instead of figuring out how to do this, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to grab shit. I'm going to go like this and I'm going to listen to my fucking slayer. I'm gonna fucking get my feet covered in, 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 in blood and, and, and Corona bottles 
and get mad and I'm going to call this fucking art. And instead of people saying that that's lazy, they pay millions of dollars for Jack the Dripper. You and know, I say I, that that's right 2020 now. all the way, man. He figured it out. He said, fuck learning how to draw a face. Fuck right, right. learning how to draw a figure. I'm not even going to touch it with a paintbrush. You know, his favorite band was actually Slayer. I don't know if you know that or not. But, Is that uh, really that true? No, he died in 1950s. <laughs> so, by the way, I, I do know this, though, because I'm looking this up. But um, this guy, you know, he dies in 1956. He was only, like, in his 40s. But he actually, he, he's, I mean, he sold a painting. I think it was $30 million that he sold him for. I'm trying to look here. But he, he was in a car accident. He drunkenly drove into a tree with two of his girlfriends in his car. He had a wife and capes and he was you know he, he definitely had a very addictive personality yeah. as a as an artist but the i think the addiction came from oh, an inability to express himself and i'm not going to try to defend anyone who has an addiction because you have to find your own way to to battle that or deal with it or just accept it sometimes people just accept it because did, did you know that adam was an art historian because i'm actually finding this very interesting first off you've known a lot about jackson pollock i mean i know you're a painter but like I've the amount, a couple books, man. I, I have. I know. Yeah. Problems, I know. I it's 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 so weird though to see a drummer uh, not only play drums but paint, uh, read books, and be articulate. It's just. I mean, I'm not saying they don't exist. It's just. It's like seeing the great white buffalo, but before you. You know what I mean? Well, like, I appreciate that because you know, as as awesome as it is to be able to sell paintings, it, it's not like it just happens. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a, a platform of music that's speaking volumes to many many people and i just want to help that cause and to have a, an outreach of something like that and then to be able to very it's very hard to try to brand something into a band that's very brand conscious and i'm not trying to step on anyone's toes when i'm doing it i'm just trying to deepen the roots of the mentality of just out of the box thinking open-mindedness creates self-awareness and then when you ask yourself a lot of questions you end up tending to love yourself more because you talk to yourself more. At least I do. I hope more people do talk to themselves because the more you do, the more you get rid of the things you don't need and the more you over exaggerate the things that you love and you bring those on even more. And when I have to leave so much with Siobhan, you know, Siobhan, I would say it's awesome that you get to deal with Brock all the time, but it's also, you know, when you guys get home, you're like, I'm going to Florida. You're, you know, so <laughs> we all have our balances in our ways. And I'm sitting here with my fiance right now. Actually, Ali's is hanging out here. And uh, she just made me an awesome shrimp with zucchini noodle dinner with some Roma tomatoes oh, and some lemon nice. uh, Hence the lemon martini. But, you know, those are the things that you really you cherish more is when you come home. It's like you want to make those things better. And you don't want to go out into traffic and stress over some person who cut you off. If anything, I just wish that I could send some vibes and, and the more I start getting older I'm like I'm not like believing in energy and like a crystal but I'm believing in energy and people and I, I believe we can really radiate things to people even if it's a car to a car because you got something in common you're both at least in a car you're both this lucky that you can live in a free land to at least wave yeah. at each other you know I had yeah. I was just driving here easily we were going 75 77 and people were passing me you know in the slow lane and I'm just trying to keep up and I'm just trying to be safe now. So imagine that we're trying to drive around in England. And it's the same way. You better check yourself or else you, you're, you know, you're going to make a mistake really quick. Yeah. And you think I that's a business right there that like, if someone's having a bad day, you could call like an 800 number and have Adam Ashley project you 
awesome good vibes. I would totally do that, man. I would do it for free for the and first then, and, then, and, then, and then you could like just play while they're waiting, like I Feel Good by James Brown, like on repeat, or like I want to dance with somebody who loves me by Whitney Houston. And then they're like, please hold for the next awesome person to help you out with an awesome day. And then you yeah. can just send like, we are now sending you good vibes. Just like congrats. Like, we are resetting your note. You're resetting it. We are at it. The good, the good News Network. Let's call it the Good News Network. <laughs> well, I think this is really important because, like, like you said, I mean, we as artists, no matter how many people follow us or in, are interested in us, there are people out there that that take us as some level of authority and they, they look to what we do. And I think we have the option to either take that platform and, and help people reframe their minds to, to have a more positive outlook on life, or we can do the opposite, you know? And so, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, every day we have all these different choices. And I think it's amazing what you're doing, that you're, you're creating a, some sort of space where people can go to and they feel like they can have, you know, come out on the other side somewhat better. You know, and even what little things I do to share, you know, I always mm -hmm. want to try and change somebody's perspective to, to flip it in a more positive way. Right. You know, yeah. And those, those things, if we all do that, you know, in whatever capacity, it can make a huge difference. Absolutely. And it's turn the bottle around so they can see the sponsor and, and what they're, they're missing out on. Yes. <laughs> you get your carbonated drink. Press. <laughs> when there isn't any more White Claw, get press. <laughs> it's amazing to me, actually, I will say, I, I mean, we're very, very frugal with our lifestyle choices when we're on the road. We are massively, you know, we're not going to be a different person behind closed doors, but at the same time, I'm not trying to go out to someone in the crowd. Cause we, we actually, in the U S we have a lot of people who are parents, you know, they don't have to be mm -hmm. 40, 50 year old. They could be a 25 year old person who has a 10 year old or the eight year old kid. They bring their kids out to the shows and they're like, Hey, I brought my kids tonight. So we want to put on a good role model. We want to make sure people know that we're here for the cause. And even though we can be people, you know, there's eventually seven years now that eventually people are going to realize that we are humans and we have to be able to branch into that. And I think we've done a really good job to evolve it. And if, if, if it doesn't say anything, the first six months that we toured around and went to radio stations, even Dustin, nobody said their names. Hey, we're star set. And this is my demons. That's it. Even the DJs didn't know who we were. We had a DJ in Johnson city, Missouri. I wish we had video because this place looked like an old switchboard, you know, like operator, I'll, I'll pass you through, you know, you're like putting the things up and, and he's turning dials, cranking it up. And it's like the, the needles are twitching and it's fine. And I can't, this is awesome. I can never forget this. And he sits down. He's like, all right, welcome to 107.9. The buzz. Uh, we're here in Johnson city with a, a band. What's your guys's name? We're like, we're star set. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Dave at 107.9 The Buzz, and here's a band called Starset playing a song. All right. Um, one, <laughs> two. You know, we're like, what? you don't even know. Like, any, he doesn't even care. We're just there. You got a show at this little place next door that has no air conditioning, and people can smoke inside, and kids are walking around the streets with chains. I mean, like, it was a really weird environment, but. Without those experiences, I would not be the same person I am. And I, I totally cherish those moments because I want to see those places. I want to know that exists. So then all of a sudden when I'm in uh, Olympic, whatever mountains, you know, the massive LA houses and stuff in the Hollywood Hills, I can be like, hey, 
there are definitely people all over the world and I can still learn from people here in LA, but maybe learn from other people. And well, one other of the things life. we were saying, Adam, yeah. on, on a previous podcast with Dan Beck, who um, used to be a product manager for Michael Jackson and for Pearl Jam and, you know, has seen a lot of successes. It's the same people on the way up as it is on the way down. So um, it's really important to, to internalize all that stuff. And I mean, just so you know, uh, you know, it's, it's important to see from people's perspective, like Siobhan does, because, what you're saying about being in a switchboard area where they're doing that and they don't know the name of your band. Corey and I don't even get invited to those. They don't even remember to call us back to ask us to be there to forget our names. So just remember in the pecking order that it, there is, there's still a, a middle point between, you know, where you guys are now, where that is and where Corey and I will always be. <laughs> no, but I mean, Adam's right, because when you do get those experiences, that's something I'm so grateful for, because what's funny about classical music, if you think about it, is, you know, all the places where classical music is, is big is very rich cities for the most part, because they have people that can afford to, you know, pay for tickets like that. And they're big cities that are like metropolitan areas with like a lot of international. But rock music, we get to see literally every nook and cranny of the country, you know, and it's so Both funny to friends. see... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, you you see people that that some you know that express all these opinions, and I and I think I'm like, have you really met some of the people that live in this country? Like, it's I I feel like my perspective on on the world and on people has changed so much just by yeah, having the chance to meet people from some of these smaller places or you know, further stretches in the middle of the country. I mean, we the, the people that we've been able to meet and the places we've been able to see is yeah, you know, not even pretty like fascinating. Smaller places. I mean, Europe is huge, but. Being yeah. in a smaller place like Prague, we were talking about last time, like having those churches that are now, they're not like bronze. They're not the green, like the color of Statue of Liberty where they're, they're oxidizing. They're black. You know, they're totally just like soot on these churches. You're like, wow, they didn't finish this thing for like 800 years. Like, oh, my mm -hmm. God, like the tediousness, eight generations. 12 generations of people to build this one building. And, and, you know, in Ohio, just like everywhere else, you can go to the places that are super nice and rich. You can go to the places where there's beggars on the corner. And it's, it's insane to me to look at some people on the corner in places like Columbus, Ohio with an iPhone 11. And I have a seven, by the way, drone abuse phone cases. For <laughs> <laughs> I have an iPhone seven still only because I'm like, I don't, I don't really need that. I'm not trying to whatever. And then we're in Prague and there's this poor old lady who's like 85, 90 years old, looked like a babushka or, you know, just the typical old, like great, great, great grandma. And she's on her hands and her knees begging with a little cap in front of her begging for money. And you're like, all right, this is definitely a different perspective. If I had any money of this currency, I would give her some because that's a person who is still trying just to survive versus people who are just trying to use a system that it's so easy to just act like you know you're homeless but you still have a house around the corner i mean you're you can't abuse the, the the system and then act like you're owed something at the same time and i just want people to be able to get a little bit of a different experience around the world it's expensive it's hard to learn languages it's not easy to find food those are the uncomfortabilities we always experience even if we're rock stars you know you're always going to be in something that you don't know and the most mm -hmm. ultimate learning comes from those moments of vulnerability and those moments where you're like dude if I don't try to at least learn how to say thank you in Russian, you know, especially I, I want to feel a little bit of something. But well, like the first time that, of using yeah. a bidet, I mean, Siobhan was saying this. That's I'm just so awesome, thankful. That's I'm just, just thankful. I don't know. I'm just thankful that <laughs> my friend. Er this on me? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm thankful that we have our friend Ernie Bach, who um, we're going to try to get on the show and see if we can 2020 him. 
Um, but Ernie actually has amazing toilets throughout his entire, um, I don't know if I call it a Xanadu or like um, a state. The Xanadu. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a Xanadu for sure. But like I went and saw his, uh, he has a car salon and it has, and I went and sat down on the toilet and first off, as soon as you sit down, it was a warm seat and then you could aim where it hits you. And I wasn't prepared for, for the, you know, it's like the first time you hear, you know, like, um, I guess let's say, you know, stairway to heaven or whatever. You're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like I, I had no idea that it could aim and that it had different pulsating methods and all that. And, and I just like gotta a say, time, I just gotta say Siobhan that that, that happened again recently. <laughs> And I got to tell you that that, that really <laughs> brought me back to what you were saying. First off, one, that we have to have Ernie on. So, like, as my asshole's being massaged by warm water, I was thinking to myself, we got to talk about this. And two, but you mentioned how Japan's so ahead of us. And that, we, that they, oh, of course, would have... by themselves, bro. You hit a button and they come up. And they come yeah. You, hit, you walk into the Adam. room at, at Ernie's house and it does that. Just so yeah. you know. It's on so, I don't know where I was going with that other than bidets No one are knows awesome. where you were going, dude. That was very good. We have no awesome. idea. <laughs> well, that Anyways. derailed whatever we were talking yeah. about, but so, I don't know. We're talking we're, about uh, peaceful longevity and just connective milk and milk. Let's bring it back to the positive vibes. Now, we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming into the home stretch here, but so uh, as far well, as the drum- we, 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 we could go, you know, a, a few minutes long because, you know yeah. what, they said to us at the corporate venues that, that runs our, our life. Well, first off, we're being um, we're being supported by LostSymphony.com, Lost yes. Symphony, um, and they said to keep Chapter this at, six, at sixty minutes. But one of the things I want to tell people is that we don't play by anyone's rules, not even our own. So yeah, we're like wants- people that paint things in color and they should be black <laughs> right. and white. So if, if, Adam, if Adam wants to jack the dripper it a little bit with us and go like you know seven minutes over, we're not going to tell him to not talk about DrumAbuse.com, who is also a sponsor because the fact that Adam <laughs> is even here um, makes him a sponsor because he's sponsoring our show. <laughs> So go to drumabuse.com. I'm trying to get my sponsorship. There you go. I wrote it out backwards and I totally. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's no, it's, it's an M and no, it's totally an M. It just looks like an N. I just want you guys to see that. (laughs) See, look, this is, this is doing that. Cause look, drum abuse, you know, see it's, I tried to write it backwards. Anyways, (laughs) close enough. Yeah, I'm over. I, the, the the sharpie's just worn out. It's, it's I'm just, just excited that, that Adam from Star Set's writing my band name. <laughs> Backwards. Backwards. Speaking of which, I'm still owed, and I'm gonna let Siobhan know. I, I want another vinyl of the new record. Once you guys can all be in a room. That's not that and bad. My that hoodie shrunk. Do you not remember this? I bought a hoodie. At I know. I owe you a hoodie. Retail, and it it shrunk to the point where only like an ant could wear it. <laughs> like literally, I, and I'm a medium. I mean, look at this. I mean, I am not. <laughs> I, I am not made for, for big things, and I can't even represent my star set. Bit. I wanted to suck up to Adam. In fact, I want when Dustin comes on to be wearing a star set shirt, I might actually just draw one on a white shirt, <laughs> a, a Sharpie, to let him know. As an act of desperation. Yeah, and, and then draw like a little like you know planet with a ring around it. Make my own little logo. Sounds good. <laughs> Go for they, it. You just can't sell it like on the streets in Milano, Italy. <laughs> They just make their own T-shirts, and they will stand outside the doors and be like, T-shirts, $10. We're like, T-shirts, $1. They're like, what are you doing? We're like, you're selling our merch, and we don't get any money. You can't, oh, you can't do this. I'm like, you can't do this. You can't do this. So like a dollar, they're like, $10. We're like, don't mess with them. We're like, why? Like, they will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so crazy. 
It actually reminds me of one of my favorite stories, though. I got, I got to remind you. So to tell you about bands. So um, one of my friends uh, is a huge Kiss fan, and his buddy's a huge Kiss fan, and he told me a story about the Psycho Circus tour when um, Ace, that one of his friends ran into Ace Freely um, outside one of the venues. And we won't say where exactly because we want to leave this ambiguous. Um, but Ace Freely is like, hey, man, you want to come hang out? And my buddy's friend was like, are you shitting me? Like, Ace, Free- Ace, Ace, Space Ace wants to hang out with me. He goes, you want to come back to my hotel room? Yeah, man, come back to my hotel. Uh, we'll come back to your hotel room. And in his hotel room, he had his own, like, ghetto-rigged, like, shirt press making bootleg Kiss Tour shirts because Gene and Paul had cut him out of all the stuff. So basically, he was like, hey, man, can you help sell these before and after the show, and basically like conned no my friend's buddy into selling his own. You sure that you sure this was Ace or was this just some guy that came no, up with the parking lot? No, it'd be really funny if it wasn't Ace too, <laughs> because Freely. it was definitely Ace Freely, dude. Like he's pretty like unmistakable. But I think that's hilarious because it really shows all this stuff. Because actually, one of the first things I saw was when I came onto the bus, Brock was making a space helmet with LEDs. Oh, I said eight, to him, 18 of them. What do you mean? Yeah, I know. She said he's industrious on her Instagram. Jabrock. <laughs> um, I remember saying, what are you doing? He goes, dude, I make as much money selling, you know, space helmets <laughs> with LEDs in them. And uh, does, does Dustin get mad? Like, is that like bootleg star set stuff? No, or those because- are, those are the actual ones. He's That's like, yeah, those are the official. So, so yeah. he's basically like, like the Jews in Egypt. He's building the pyramids <laughs> for the Pharaoh. Basically the exact correlation. Yeah. <laughs> Only for $199. Oh, he loves to complain about it. I'm like, well, either do it or don't do it, but don't complain about it to me. <laughs> you, I just remember thinking to myself, like, I'm in the wrong business because, okay, it, true story, Adam. When we saw you guys in Boston this last time, I, I, we're waiting after the show, and I could have sworn that you guys were signing because you were in a smaller venue than you were used to, and there was such a line to your merch table that Corey yeah. and I are like, what's going on? Like, are they, are they? Yeah, we weren't even standing there. Yeah, no, you weren't yeah. standing there. And I said, so I literally looked at him. I said, dude, they're literally printing their own fucking money. <laughs> you know, man, it's crazy because we used to hope to sell a mask. Yeah, they're a little pricey, but you know, we're, we're pretty much pricing it at what it costs to make with just a tiny. Uh, he's, he's right. Yeah. They, are, they are. They take a long time to put together. And, and exactly. There's a, I mean, Brock sets up, he's very lucky at his, in his place where he lives. He has this giant warehouse that he can put probably a hundred to 200 masks at a yeah. time. So he, own, he owns all of Circleville. Did you not know that? That there's like 2000 like one miles giant park, one giant, it's like the entire desert. Park. I hope so. Let my people go. Yeah. He'll set up a hundred masks at a time and hang them off these, you know, drawstring lines and paint them all, prime them all, paint them all. Uh, then he, ha- I mean, you have to grind off certain parts of it. You have to drill holes into it. You have to, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to put the LEDs in it. You have to, actually put this little four prong piece that's connecting the line of the led to this wireless battery pack. So you can walk around the room with it and you got to tape it. Then you got to tape it all in. Then you got to make sure it works. I mean, then you got to sign, you got to print off the official paper. Well, okay, so here's my Brock question. Is, it, it's crazy. is there anything, is there anything that Brock can't do? Grow facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> he's yeah, have, he, has, he has to come on at some point to defend himself from all this. Yeah, I know, poor guy. He's yeah, he, he did, Can we give him a prosthetic it. like facial hair? Like have him show up with he a beard? He did make a valiant effort. He got pretty close. He got pretty close, but then was he ditched it. He was like, that's it. I'm going back to what I'm used to. <laughs> so listen, I just want to say first off, thank you again to Adam Gilbert for coming on. Um, and, and awesome. Go check out drumabuse.com because – you know, um, it's proof that drummers can do other things besides hit stuff. Um, you know, and <laughs> honestly, right here, don't say that. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, you, I have your stuff represented all around um, my studio, and, and you're always welcome here when you come back to Boston. I can't just wait. want to say thank you for, for figuring out what our shtick is and coming back on our show and um, letting us 2020 you. And to all the people that are out there, um, obviously go listen to Star Set, but go check out what Adam does because. You know, there's there's more to life than just star set. As I, I do found. have a YouTube as well. If you want to watch some drum videos, and uh, I'm always answering yeah. emails, so hit me up. Drum abuse Perfect. at what? No, drumabuse.com is good enough. You can order something, and then you can get <laughs> then you can get the. <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite there yet. <laughs> but also on Instagram, they can find you on Instagram also. Yeah, yeah. Drum abuse is fine. Yeah, you can find us all. I mean, we're super tangible. We're super here for everyone as much as we can be. We don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to learn probably. I can't say more than any band, but as much as I've ever wanted to, and we all want to learn and we're all mm -hmm. itching to get back out there and, and itching to keep challenging ourselves every day. I mean, that's the point of, I think my life anymore is, you know, challenge yourself to use your blinker in a parking lot at 2 a.m. when no one's around, just because that way, if someone does, you could be like, well, that guy needs to check himself a little bit. You know, cross those things off on your your own checklist to make sure yes. your awareness. Kind of like we're trying there. the shopping cart. We were saying this the other day that that's like the ultimate test to, to see Dude. your douchebaggery. Is like, can you return the shopping cart on your own? I did anybody telling day, you? Man. I felt so bad. I did. I was at Walmart. You should, dude. I got this big item that I can't say because my fiance. It's her birthday on Monday, and she's sitting right here. But <laughs> I couldn't carry it and I put it in my car and I like about ripped my, my shoulder out of place, getting it out. And I left it on the sidewalk because I mean, I would have had to walk easily 50 parking spaces both ways because it was packed. And I, uh, but next time I know, I mean, the guy was walking up to me. Here's something that's so important about what you, you just did is that you showed, you displayed honesty. Whereas yeah. most people will be like, oh, dude, I always return it. And it's like those fuckers that think that they're above the law. But like, at least you have an excuse. Like, you're using an excuse. It's a logical excuse. I mean, first off, it's horse shit. You should have returned <laughs> it because you're a douchebag. But at least you're honest enough. You're honest <laughs> enough to admit to us that, like, you know, that you, you, you know that you did wrong. And you made that internalization versus the <laughs> asshole that just goes in. They're on their iPhone 11 as, before they're going to go beg on the side of the street in their brand new Reeboks. And they fucking leave and they fuck out of there, leaving their cart yeah. for you to hit with your Segway. Well, yeah, we can all connect on this time. You know, we can all, I think now more than ever, we need to talk to people we don't normally talk to, whether it's a stranger or our neighbor that's next door that we live to. I still am guilty of this. I have people that I've just moved in and also people that are 30 years at my parents' house and, and, and around the corner. It's like, I don't even know where they're at. I don't even know right. who they are. I couldn't even tell you their name, but I've lived there and, and, People have lived there and we've come and gone, but why don't I know their name? Like, why am I not at least trying to go out and learn what they're about? Because I might need, I might need some help at some point. You know, I want to know a tow truck driver and a real estate agent and a gold dealer and maybe someone to, you know, fix a guitar here and there. So if my buddy can't do it, you know, Hey, Oh, I got my dude Brock. He can help you out. You know, it's all about just creating that life network and, 
and the more you can connect to people, the more you can just own cats, just like Benny has. Like, I think it's I think it's called LinkedIn, dude. Just yeah. join LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, I was thinking to myself, I, I was getting very excited hearing Brock make all those masks. If I DJ your wedding, Siobhan, can I have one of those masks? Can I that be part of my like ransom? Is I'm that, sure I, have to, I can work I have something to DJ, out. I have to DJ your wedding in a star set mask. If you want to, by all means. I want to upstage him. I want to upstage him. Hold him to that, Siobhan. <laughs> You're in a space suit. It's on yeah. the record. <laughs> the space suit. Oh my yeah, God, people that so brag, like, we'll do it all the time. I'm like, dude, I want one other drummer in this world to wear a space suit and try to play my drum set. <laughs> yeah. I just want them to see what it's like to do it and then to try to spin a drum set. You know, it's just, it's dedication, man. And, I, you know, Siobhan, you're dedicated. Corey, you guys... Brenny, you're dedicated. We're all here to try to. <laughs> I don't know what I'm dedicated no. to, but I'm dedicated. Yeah. Well, if you're dedicated enough, you're going to wear a spacesuit when you DJ their way. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, I might have to because of the pandemic. <laughs> if, 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 if Siobhan doesn't decide yeah, to do it yeah, sometime, everyone might have to be wearing one for safety. I was going to say, everyone has that suit to be able to go to your wedding, dude. May, yeah, maybe I'll just hand them out when people get there. Just be like, here's your outfit for today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, just use masks by guest number one, two, four, five, and you can mail them off. There we go. <laughs> oh, my Looking God. To Adam, thank you so much, man. You're the man. Yeah, Adam, thank you for blast. coming back. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for your patience. Appreciate it. Oh, no, we, we really appreciate awesome. it. And, and and thank you to all of our listeners, um, 2020-D.com and drumabuse.com, lostsymphony.com. Thanks our that's our That's our band. <laughs> and actually, Adam Baby, our live drummer, he loves <laughs> playing in bands that he doesn't play on the CD for. Ask Dustin. Um, you know what I mean? And maybe, maybe one day he can actually do his best Paul Lorenzo imitation because Paul doesn't want to do it. I mean, listen, Paul's probably watching this right now going, eh, I don't even want to finish this podcast. Nevertheless, you know, play <laughs> drums in that band live. So, you know, maybe maybe Adam's going to be the drummer. I feel like he should be. We shall see. Bring it on. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have All a right, wonderful guys. day. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.